With universities across the globe forced to shut their campuses amid the pandemic, many students are learning remotely. And for those finishing their studies this year, it can mean attending a virtual graduation ceremony. What happens to graduates once the university learning experience is over? Normally, those ending their higher education would now be wrapping up their assignments, polishing their CV and meeting potential employers at career fairs. But with the global jobs market in jeopardy amid COVID-19, it makes applying for your first position more challenging than ever. As the effect of the global financial crisis of 2008 to 2009 illustrated, moving from university into a career in the middle of an economic downturn can have long-term consequences on a graduate's employability, as well as leading to lower incomes and saving rates further down the line. So how damaging could COVID-19 be to the careers of graduates trying to enter the workforce now? How can they look for work in this climate? How do they negotiate salaries? And should they ditch starting their career now and continue with their studies until this all blows over? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Alice Hayne, the Personal Finance Editor of The National. And joining me today is Fiona McKenzie, the Head of Carfax Education UAE, an education consultancy providing bespoke support for students looking to access educational opportunities in schools and universities across the globe. Welcome to the show, Fiona. Thank you, Alice. Now, as we both know, the global economy is struggling at the moment, and many people are either suffering salary cuts or job loss. And as a result, the employment figures are looking pretty bleak. So it's only natural that this is going to have an effect on the graduate job market as well. So what's the outlook for graduates right now, Fiona? Well, Alice, I think there are a lot of what-ifs around at the moment, If the economy recovers in the first year, then I think there's some hope that things will stabilise quite quickly and the job market will bounce back. But if it continues well into next year, then obviously that's going to have significantly a more negative impact on the labour market. So I think the amount of long-term harm that the current conditions do for for new workers and graduates entering the labour market um, will depend on if, when and how quickly we see the economy bounce back. I mean, we're definitely seeing evidence that businesses are reducing the number of graduates they intended to recruit. I saw one report which said, I think 4% of companies had revoked job offers, 19% were considering it. Certainly lots of employers are considering revoking internship offers. And of course, internships are a great starting point and often lead on to jobs. Um, So, you know, I feel really sorry for the graduates this year. But to an extent, they're not really in control of their own fate. Everything has been different for them this year, as you said, you know, online finals, no graduation, and now the challenge of finding a job in a recessionary environment. So with all that uncertainty and no guarantee of actually getting a job or possibly even getting to the stage of having an interview or negotiating a salary, how, how can they get a good look in at the moment? Well, I think there are two ways of looking at this. You know, on the one hand, as you pointed out earlier, researchers have shown that the economic scars of graduating into a recession can lead to lower earnings with compared with peers graduating, you know, even as little as a year or two earlier. Um, and that can be quite a long-term effect. But I was really heartened the other day to listen to an online graduation speech by the CEO of Alphabet, who actually cited um, that generations before who previously graduated into tough times, you know, after the last pandemic, after uh, the Great Depression, uh, just before 9-11 and the last global crash, 
and how they had to overcome new challenges, but, but they prevailed. And in fact, if anything, it made them more creative, more entrepreneurial, more resilient. So, you know, his, his view was we have every reason to be hopeful. And who knows, maybe this generation's impatience and frustration with the current situation, maybe that will cause the next technological revolution. I mean, in a way, none of us have, have dealt with a situation like us, even seasoned job seekers who may be out there looking for a job because they've lost their, their role in this climate. You know, e- even they are struggling right now. So how does a graduate, where does a graduate start? I mean, what point do they actually begin their search if they've never even tried to enter a normal job market, let alone the current one? Well, I think it's really important that they've kind of got the, the basics that they need in place first. So they need to be polishing their CV. They need to be kind of drafting their cover letters. Um, they need to be researching companies that they'd be interested in working for. You know, what are those companies' mission statements? What are their values, their cultures? What's their business model? Um, I think now is the time for, for these graduates to be talking to people. And whether you're a, a you know, graduate looking for a new job or, as you say, whether you're uh, you know, unexpectedly unemployed, talk to people, uh, talk to friends, talk to your parents, friends, find out what companies are looking for. You know, what softwares do they use? Uh, Get up to speed with business language. What is business agility, for example? Read relevant articles. Um, The Harvard Business Review, for example, is free at the moment. There's a wealth of insight into into kind of the working world there. Develop an online presence. Um, You know, give as much relevant information as possible. Make yourself seen online. You need to stand out. Um, And practice your video interview skills. So, you know, make sure at this stage you have all of those basics in place so that you have a good platform to launch from when you are doing your job hunting. Normally, a graduate would go to a job fair or possibly get some careers advice at university. How do they do that now? Because everything has to be done virtually. So are there still job fairs out there? Are there digital, virtual job fairs? I think there are lots of opportunities for for kind of still finding jobs. Um, It's about just being a little bit more kind of creative. There's lots of online uh, websites with job opportunities. I find, for example, Prospects a great resource for finding about um, about careers. And then they have links on to kind of relevant job sites where specific types of careers are being um, kind of advertised. Um, But I think right now it's just about, uh, you know, applying for things. Keep applying. You should probably be spending about 25% of your time researching job opportunities and then the rest of the time as I said you know really needs to be networking with people who are doing things that interest them Um, I I think that this is a good time to be networking I think that you know people of of our kind of generation who who are kind of working feel really terrible for the class of 2020 so you know anything that we can do to reach out and help them um, even if it's just having a coffee or a zoom meeting or just letting them kind of pick our brains uh, you know I think there's a lot of goodwill out there and people really want to help this generation to to get started but I think you know it's really important to, to for all of these people looking for for new jobs to be working on their soft skills to be identifying what's what's needed so that they when they come out of this they come out uh, better equipped uh, more skilled uh, with more relevant skills other than just a degree uh, and a clearer idea of kind of what they want to do and also is it a case that you shouldn't just apply for jobs that are already advertised I mean I'll give you an example but when I was um, you know I'm a journalist and I you don't necessarily have journalism jobs advertised. You do more and more, but often it's just about getting a foot in the door. And graduates often ask me, how did I get my first job? And I tell them, I actually wrote, and this probably shows my age, I actually wrote 25 letters and sent them off to 
25 company, 25 journalism employers that I wanted to work for. And out of that, I got offered three jobs. So should you just target who you want to work for and go for it? Absolutely. You know, 80% of job openings are never advertised. Um, and it is about that networking and it is about taking the ball by the horns, exactly. And, you know, going direct to those uh, employers. Um, and you can do that in all sorts of different ways. You know, um, I think LinkedIn is a really useful tool here because you can not only build up your profile uh, on, on a platform like that, but you can actually then make connections with people in those industries. And then you can actually uh, contact them directly. You can ask them questions. Uh, you can then start citing relevant experience that you've got on your LinkedIn profile so then when people look you up which they will if you make an approach to them uh, they can see the sorts of skills that you're presenting with and whether you might be a good fit for that organization so yes absolutely reaching out to people but make sure you're prepared make sure that you uh, you know if you're reaching out because you want to have a coffee with them or you want to just pick their brains then make sure you've got sensible questions to ask them you've done your research um, but exactly as you say Alice you know far off an email but make sure you're targeting it to the right person and that you're presenting with the right sort of skill set and, and, and enthusiasm and interest level. Are you a graduate trying to find work right now in this climate? Send us your stories and questions to pf at thenational.ae. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Now, this brings us on to a question from AR in Sharjah. And, and this, is, this is actually the kind of linchpin for the whole podcast because AR wrote to us because he's an avid listener of Pocketful of Dirhams. And he said, I am an unemployed finance graduate from the American University of Sharjah and I have been listening to your podcast while profusely applying for jobs. What advice would you give young graduates in the pandemic, such as what should a graduate do? Should they go all out in finding a job or should they stay in school? Also, what is the return on investment of a degree? Has COVID-19 changed its value? Because there are tons of online courses out there. Now, there's a couple of interesting points there, Fiona. And if we break it down, because he's got quite a few questions within that, I think if we talk about, um, you know, what graduates who are job hunting should be doing now, what kind of strategy they should take now, you've talked about some of the strategies, but if they are committing to, committed to entering the workforce right now, should they sort of set a time limit as to how long they try to find a job? Well, I think, you know, graduates at this point have two choices. They can either put their head in the sand and say there's no point in trying or they can be really proactive. So I would advise the following things. Firstly and foremostly, be flexible, open minded and be willing. Be open to job opportunities you hadn't thought about before. So, for example, if you've taken a degree in film production, think about exploring communications or admin positions in sort of media-related companies. Um, I think also some people are very targeted on where they specifically want to work. Um, maybe that's a big city somewhere. But, you know, maybe look at companies in smaller cities and maybe target smaller companies rather than the traditional big ones. Um, and as I've said already, you know, network, network, network. No one is going to offer you a job right now, but you will at least have built up some valuable connections, which will be very, very useful further down the line. And actually, interesting, this morning I was talking to a contact at the PwC Academy, and her advice was to take online classes that build the skills their desired employer is looking for. And I think this is really crucial. So, for example, um, as, uh, as AR is a finance graduate, you know, he needs to be thinking about uh, learning about Excel spreadsheets, uh, learn an accountancy software program, uh, look for courses on things like Power BI and Altex for managing and analyzing and visualizing data. So things that will add value to your existing 
skill set. Because you, I think graduates right now need to prepare themselves to be as competitive a candidate as possible when the, event, uh, the opportunities do eventually kind of come along. And, and what about actually getting your foot in the door? I mean, I often find that face-to-face interaction is the best way for somebody to remember you. If you've got that, if you've been in front of someone and you've kind of shown them something about yourself that they're interested in, then you can revisit that further down the line. But with a lot of offices still closed or they, they've reduced the number of people that come in, they're not taking outside visitors, how do you get that same sort of presence through a Zoom meeting, I suppose? I mean, does it mean that virtual networking is taking on a whole new significance? Yeah, absolutely. No, definitely. Because, and I think we've all transitioned into this kind of new virtual world uh, relatively smoothly. It's it's not the same as, as a face-to-face meeting, um, but it is what it is and we are where we are. So that's what you've got to kind of deal with. Um, and I think that's, that's completely fine. And actually, in some ways, you can reach out to people all over the world in a much more accessible way, because it doesn't matter where they are, um, you can still have a conversation with them. So in a sense, it's broadened the appeal because it's much harder to go and meet a you know CFO for coffee in London when you're based here now if you can find a way to connect with that person uh, you can ask for a zoom meeting um, and it's much more convenient and easy but you do need to think about when you're doing that if you're for example doing a zoom meeting uh, you need to think about how you're presenting yourself you need to uh, you know make sure you've got sensible things to say uh, so it is it is harder but it's definitely not impossible so how else can universities help their students make the jump from studying to full-time employment? Because, you know, they're, they're just edging out of university life now. So are universities helping them make that transi- transition? Well, I mean, I, I always say to, to the students that I advise on applying to university, one of the first things you should do when you get to university is to go and make friends with the careers development team at your university. I suspect very few of them do. Maybe it's the kind of last call they make just before they leave. But of course, graduates leaving this year have been a bit caught out by that if you left it too late. But it's not too late to reach out to them virtually. Contact them. You know, universities have very active and dynamic uh, jobs boards. I mean, certainly from a Carfax perspective, we do a lot of our recruiting directly through university careers uh, services um, because we're looking for for high-caliber graduates. So contact your careers team at your university and talk to them. Ask what opportunities there are out there. Ask for their advice and guidance. They may also have opportunities for volunteering uh, or for internships. There are lots of virtual internships that are um, on offer this year, um, and I think it's worth exploring those. There's quite a lot of resources um, inside Sherpa, for example, or MindSumo, or Way Up. Those those last two are, are kind of American ones, um, but they are offering online internships, which can be done remotely. So universities will have lots of advice and guidance on what's available in that field and helping their students to upskill in work-related areas. I think just graduates have just got to be, you know, use universities, but also they've got to be as flexible and resourceful um, as possible. Um, you know, if you, if, you, if you can't get a job in a professional setting and you're struggling to find a job, just take what you can get and universities should be helpful in, in guiding you towards some of those opportunities. You talked about internships there. I mean, that's quite a popular uh, route into employment um, for many students here. In actual fact, my um, cousin came out last summer to stay with me and he worked at a financial services company in DIFC uh, and he hadn't actually got to the stage of graduation, but he just spent a month um, doing an internship and he just found it so valuable. But for actual graduates, the the internship is seen as a stepping stone towards employment. Are those internships available at the moment? 
So, um, no, a lot of those ones. So, so for example, we, we, I work with a lot of law students. A lot of them had secured internships for the summer and they've all been postponed. Um, but they have been through the process of selection for those internships. So, and that's a long way down the sort of job application uh, cycle for sort of magic circle law firms. They, they do a lot of their filtering through their internship programs. Um, next summer, one would hope that things will be back to normal and students will have another opportunity to do that. That's students who are currently in education, not necessarily the ones who are leaving now. But the ones who are leaving now and who uh, have had, you know, haven't been able to access internship opportunities, as I say, I would definitely advise looking online. There are some really, really interesting programs online that will give you real life experience with real life business challenges or law legal challenges uh, and there will be some kind of accreditation for those programs so so it's worth again going back to being resourceful see what's out there uh, these are being monitored by the big companies they're being put together by Princeton um, Mason and um, you know other kind of well-known firms so they're they're they're, they're sort of proper internship schemes it's just obviously there's nothing going on in offices this this summer but there are still some around. I have heard of them, but they're not necessarily paid, which is something that's often a, a topic that comes up a lot, which is about internships, you know, whether they should be paid or not. I mean, should if a student does get an opportunity to go into work because there's a maybe a, a small company that would like somebody to help them out, should they just go for it, even if they're not going to be paid? Yes, I would absolutely say yes, because at the moment, the more experience that you can gain and the more understanding of, you know, working inside a business that you can secure, uh, the better positions you're going to be later on. So I think anything is better than nothing. Um, I think if it's going to cost you money, uh, then it, you're within your rights to ask for travel expenses. Um, certainly, we've been using some some kind of freelance uh, interns remotely um, and we've, we've paid some basic expenses for them. Um, but, but, you know, right now, to be honest, take what you can get and be open minded and flexible about it. And how are companies recruiting at the moment? You know, I've heard of some large companies such as Facebook switching to online instead of in-person interviews. I mean, there is some recruitment going on. There are jobs advertised. I mean, how is that process happening now? So I think very much as you describe, um, it's being sort of done online. Um, it's, the interviews are all being done online. The, the interview process, the um, application processes are generally online anyway. I think, I think you know, it's, it's quite interesting because I think graduates who applied to the big financial consulting accounting firms are generally okay because actually these guys locked down their newest recruits at the end of last year. But it's more the kind of jobs in education, public relations, perhaps more the creative industries who don't really tend to start recruiting until the spring semester, which, of course, this year was when the pandemic kind of hit. So I think, you know, this is those the, the, the big companies have generally done their recruitment cycle earlier on. So in a sense, it may not impact so much on this year's graduates because they should already have those jobs locked down. They may be postponed a bit, but they will potentially still have those jobs, it may well impact on next year's uh, graduates coming through. Have you seen job offers, you know, people who've already received offers being told, look, we still want you, but could you start a couple of months later? Yes, absolutely. That's very much kind of, you know, what's going on. And, and I think rather that than, I mean, some are, are, have revoked the job offers altogether, uh, but, but mostly people are saying, uh, you know, can we just postpone you for a couple of months? Because they've got to get their own workforces kind of back into play. You know, but there are, but, you know, business is still going on and as things begin to pick up and uh, things get back to normal, these companies aren't going to want to lose the top graduates that they've recruited. You know, they've, they've put them through a, a rigorous process. These are the guys they've chosen. They're going to want to try and hang on to them if they possibly can. Now, AR raised another couple of important points in his question. You know, if you are 
desperately trying to get a job at the moment and it seems like it's not going to happen. I mean, should he abandon job hunting altogether and perhaps go back into the university system and do a master's or a doctorate? I mean, that would give him another year or possibly up to three years before he then re-enters the job market again. Is that something that some people are considering? Do you know, we're seeing a huge uh, uptake in demand on that here at Carfax. Absolutely. that Lots of people are considering whether that actually is going to be their best route for this year. And I think it is definitely worth considering because in a year's time, the market may have picked up. And you know what? You'll be better qualified to take advantage of that. Um, I think there are lots of other reasons to consider a postgrad education. You know, it will probably open up more employment opportunities for you in the long term. Uh, it can certainly enhance job security over a period of time. There's increased earning potential. Uh, it's another way of expanding your professional network because of the kind of networking you will do on your master's program. And quite often, a lot of these courses will have industry certifications or accreditations, which will can go some way to a professional qualification. Um, or, it, or it may be an opportunity to turn a sort of academic degree into a vocational skill. So maybe you've got a degree in English um, and you could do a marketing master's, which would then make that skill much more applicable, directly applicable to the marketplace. Um, and I think right now, you know, although there's a lot of who are about courses being delivered online next semester, and that, that is, is a whole set of issues on its own, but actually, right now, an online master's from a top university without the cost of actually having to relocate there could be a good investment. I mean, that was my next point is, you know, studying can be quite expensive and there's still no guarantee of a job at the end of it but I do like your point about the vocational masters I mean I did an English degree and then I I went on and did a postgraduate diploma in journalism and that gave me the kind of tools to then step into the career I want so I think if people have done a more general degree now would be a good time to kind of hone it down to perhaps closer to what they want to do but we do need to think about cost it can be expensive Absolutely. But I think, you know, there are some very clear economic benefits to to having a master's degree. I mean, actually, if you look at some of the kind of stats, um, jobs that require a master's degree are set to increase by 17 percent over the next decade, which is much faster than the average uh, increase across most professions, which is only 7 percent. And an individual with a master's degree can potentially earn as much as the equivalent of, I'm going to do it on an hourly basis, as the equivalent of $24 $24 per hour on average. And actually those with a doctoral degree can, can earn double that, $45 you know, on average per hour. So I think it is really likely to enhance your job prospects. I think it's also interesting to note that the unemployment rate uh, for students with just a high school qualification is significantly higher than it is for those with an undergraduate degree and with a master's degree you know, you're less likely to be unemployed again. And and really interestingly, I think that right now, only 12% of adults with just a high school diploma are able to work from home compared with 52% of those with a college education. And I think given the way things are moving, that's quite an interesting stat. So I think, you know, if, if, if as the result of this, we have a more highly skilled workforce at the end of the current crisis, then, then that's a positive. So there is still a return on investment for a degree, which taps back into AR's question again. He's asking, is there still a return on investment? Is it worth doing it? Yes, there is still a definite uh, OECD economic benefit to, to having a degree. Now, my other point is that sometimes I feel that you know, when you graduate in a crisis, it's just a case of getting a job that, rather than trying to get the job that you want. And I've got a really great example, which is actually my sister, 
She graduated in 93 during, there was a bit of a financial crisis at that time in the UK, and she entered into a job market where there literally were no jobs. She also had an anthropology degree, so that's pretty niche. And how do you turn that into a successful career? So she actually got a job just working as a waitress, and she did that for a few months, and then she got promoted and became the chef at the restaurant, and that involved budgets and and allocating the food and designing menus. And from that, you know, over a course of, I think, 18 months to two years, the job market started to recover. And then she jumped into the field that she actually wanted to go into, which is um, retail. And she's now a retail consultant for the government in the UK. So she, you know, each job that she secured was a stepping stone to the next one. And she didn't, you know, she wasn't phased about working as a waitress. She was bringing in an income. She was learning skills. She was you know, you still got to work for a boss and work with a team. So all those skills are relevant. So do you think it's just a case of get a job, earn an income, pay your bills, and then use that to step onto the next thing? I completely agree, um, Alice. Yes, I think at this stage, any experience uh, is better than none. And it is amazing how the skills and connections you acquire will all add up to something. You know, I, I'm always saying to my children who are all you know, kind of relatively recent graduates and on their kind of first and second jobs. Everything you do now will be relevant later on. And, you know, as you say, your sister with the waitressing, you know, she was picking up customer relations skills. Uh, she was picking up, uh, you know, budgeting skills. She was picking up teamworking skills. All of those skills are transferable. And it also just demonstrates that you're you're up and at it. You know, you're, you're keen to get going, that you're motivated, that you're driven, that you'll try your hand at anything. You're open-minded and flexible. And all of those are very valuable skills to, to be presenting for a future employer. And you mentioned a lot about online courses. You know, really, is is this the time to take advantage? If you've got time on your hands, you're not going to get a job straight away. Learn those courses now. Get that information. I mean, there's never been a better or a more affordable time, in a sense, to gain these additional skills. So, you know, look at resources such as Coursera, uh, Skillshare, Google Garage, uh, LinkedIn Learning, Udacity. I mean, there's so much out there. But what I would just counsel is, you know, work out what they're looking for in the field that you want to go into and, and target your kind of uh, your learning around that. So you're acquiring relevant skills. You know, if you're thinking about doing marketing, then there's some amazing uh, digital marketing courses, Google Analytics courses, SEO courses online, and they're all free. Um, and some of them are just, you know, bite-sized and you can just do half an hour a day and um, some are longer and you can sign up for like a six-week program to learn about web design um you know there's there's just so much out there and you know to quote a, a recruiter i was talking to recently if you're not doing anything you're definitely not going to get something good point and of course we do have to bring up the 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 word salary you know as much as you know, employers want you to just be keen to take on the job and get into the job market. You still got to pay the bills. I mean, how at this stage of your career journey, can you negotiate? Can, do you just accept what they offer? Or do you, you know, ask for a little bit more because you've got to pay for X, Y and Z? So I think the, the key here is to be reasonable and to be realistic. I mean, you can negotiate a salary in a tough economy, but if you're going to do that, do your research into comparable positions before you attend the interview. Know what the kind of high, median, low salaries are for somebody with your skills and your experience. But you know what? Right now, I'm not sure that's the tactic that I would employ. I think I would rather accept the salary, but what I would do is to ask questions about how the company would support your ongoing education and your upskilling in order to progress your future in the company. Because this shows your commitment and your understanding of adding value to the company 
but it also implies that you will be looking to be rewarded for your increased role. I just want to leave with one more quote from, from Sundar Pritchard, CEO of Alphabet. He said, be hopeful. This generation will be remembered not for what you lost, but for what you changed. And I think that's a really key message to take away from these graduates. Well, that's very wise advice. Thank you very much for your time, Fiona. It's been a great asset to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you this week to Fiona McKenzie. If you have a question you would like to ask us, send it to pf at the national.ae and that's pf for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates and also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Alice Haynes.